All right, ladies and gentlemen, our loyal listeners, welcome to our first podcast of 2019 for the Amateur Footy Hour. I'm Chris, alongside Guesty here. Uh, first things first, Guesty, how did you spend your Christmas and New Year's break? Yeah, thanks, Chris. It's good to be back. I had quite an enjoyable break. I spent Christmas down with family on the sunny coast, which was extraordinarily nice. Um, we spent Christmas Day on King's Beach, which was fantastic. Then came back and I've uh, just been over to Perth for the last 10 days, but that wasn't as good. I uh, got a bit of a mysterious illness and uh, was in quite a bit of pain, but managed to get out to the New Optus Stadium and see a little bit of the Big Bash. And uh, now I'm back here and, like it or not, here comes the new year. Yeah, I was very similar to you. I uh, went back to New South Wales, back to God's country, spent some time with my friends and family over Christmas, and then, uh, yeah, went to Hawaii for New Year's, and... Uh, on the flight over, there was someone on the on the flight that was you know, coughing up a lung almost, and you stuck on a plane, you can't really go anywhere. So then, uh, 24 hours later, I'd caught what they had, and then so I was spent five of my days in Hawaii, sick, and really wasn't able to in, enjoy the holiday as much as I would have liked. But it, you know, it's always good to to, to get away and refresh and uh, recharge the batteries before we come back uh, into the office. But um, yeah, obviously didn't get to spend, <laughs> wasn't the best holiday I've ever had, but yeah, still, still good to get away. And uh, while over in Perth, I heard you watched a couple of uh, big bash, big bash league games and saw the, the mighty Sydney Sixers, unfortunately, get, get dethroned. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite an enjoyable night. Um, and it was, I think the Henriques batted very well. Uh, 35 off about 20, but yeah, the Scorchers in a bit of early trouble, two for 60, chasing 180 just about, and then... Ash Turner went nuts. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Cam Bancroft got 87 not out. He's come back in pretty good form after all the criticism he's copped. I was thinking, oh, you know, he, he might be a bit out of touch here, but he's come back and he's he's been on fire in the, in the back, Big Bash League. He's doing all right. Um, he'll want to get back into the shield and make runs, but I think even just for Cameron himself, you know, to be back playing cricket, making runs, feeling good about himself, it's a, it's a win. Um, so, yeah, he'll be, he'll be quite happy with how things are at the moment. Who's your tip for the Big Bash League? Unfortunately, my scorches are gone. They're out, are they? Yeah, they Mathematically? Oh. They um, Callum Ferguson played a great innings. Um, knocked us out of finals contention for the first time ever. So, Big Bash doesn't seem as appealing to me. But that being said... The men in magenta. The Hobart Hurricanes. They look pretty good at the moment. Oh, they copped a pantsing the other night. They did. You know who they beat them? Did. Uh, was it the Sydney Thunder? It was not. It was the Sydney Sixers. <laughs> only only one wicket down, chased down 180-odd. Yeah, the West Australian doing that. Josh Filippi, the wicketkeeper batsman, going nuts. Uh, that, was in, that was in Sydney, wasn't it? Yeah, SCG. Unstoppable at home. Well, if Hobart do as they should, they should play at least one final in Hobart. Um, they'll be tough to beat. They've got uh, a good batting lineup. They do, and their bowling's very... It gets the job done. It's a very good unit, although they lost Johan Boto. They... They look tough to beat at the moment. Yeah, he just he just retired midway through the competition. I think he's done a shoulder. Oh, is that what it was? And it's just we're getting worse and worse, and so he's just had to pull up stumps. Um, but you know, every other side's still in it, and on your day, you know, it's twenty twenty cricket. You've got to win a semi and a final. And yeah. over's a good cricket. Yeah, it's a fair point. So you know, the strikers have got Rashid Khan, who's always unplayable, and. But yeah, I like the Hurricanes. They look well. They have like been they have been the best side all year, and I, I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I like seeing the best side all year win. Um, so as much as I'd like to see the Sixers get up, 
if the Hurricanes were successful, you, you couldn't argue they didn't really deserve it. Yeah, the Sixers, they don't have a bad lineup though. They've got some good swing bowlers, some good pace at the start through um, Dorcious. They, the Sixers either win well or they lose poorly. Yeah. There's no middle ground for Sixers. They're, yeah. Their batting order is holding up. Um, I think getting Felipe in and I think they've got James Vince now. He's quite a good white ball cricketer. He's hit a couple of 50s in a row. So, you know, they're starting to get a, a team and a unit that has good defensive skills and their batting is coming along quite nicely. So, if they're in the top four, you know, they're have more than a fair chance of taking out the big bash. And the other, the other big sporting event at the moment, the Australian Open. A uh, couple of the favourites, Roger Federer and Serena Williams, didn't quite make it as far as people would have liked. Rafael Nadal's through to he the final good. from the men. He hasn't dropped a set. He looks good. He looks very crisp. And he's... Uh, they got Novak Djokovic, who as well has been playing quite well. And is it Lucas Peel? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. He's the 28-seed Frenchman. They've got their semi-final um, on today. And they'll be... They'll, Looks like one of them will be facing Rafa. Have you been following the tennis? Who do you think is going to get up in that one? A little bit. I was on the party party. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the party party. Um, and seeing you know, some of the boys get through. I think they got through to the third round. Um, some of the Australian lads. So that was quite good. But yeah, honestly, I thought it was Roger until he got knocked out by the young Greek 20-year-old. The guy that yeah, Nadal uh, just mopped the floor with. Yeah. yeah, so I thought Roger till then... Um, I think I like Rafa now at the moment. Um, yeah, they just look a class above both him and Djokovic. You know, they make it look so easy. Um, and then the women's, I like Osaka. See, I like Kvitova. She's good. I think I saw Kvitova's like 26 and 7 in finals. Singles and doubles all up. That could be completely wrong, but... I like I like Kvitova. I, I, was looking at, I was looking at her at the start of the tournament. I thought if she can get on a bit of a run. She had probably... I'm, you don't want to say there's an easy side of the draw, but there's always one side of the draw that's more favourable than the other. And I saw her that she was on that side of the draw and thought she's a chance to get through. But actually, going back to the men's side of things, I read a stat that if, if Nadal can get up and win the Australian Open, he's only won the Australian Open once before, I think it was 2009. If he can win the Australian Open, he'll be the only player in the modern era that's won at least two of each Grand Slam. So Djokovic and Federer, have, they've won the French Open once. Nadal's won it like 11 times or something like that. So if he can get up and win the Australian Open, he will then be the only one out of the modern era that has won at, at least two Grand Slams at each of the four Grand Slams. So what does that do for him in terms of the greatest of all time argument? Because a lot of it, the general consensus is it's Roger Federer. But if Rafael Nadal can throw that in and say, obviously the majority of the Grand Slams have come on clay, but he would have been the only player to win at least two on each each of the Grand Slams at probably the most competitive time in tennis when you've got to beat the Roger Federer's, you've got to beat your Novak Djokovic. Andy Murray was a very good player for a very long time. Stan Wawrinka's... Uh, he's won three Grand Slams, Wawrinka. Yeah. So he's certainly done all right for himself. So where, where would that sit Nadal in the conversation of greatest of all time if he can come out and say, well, look, everyone's talking about Roger Federer's accolades, but I've actually done something he hasn't done. I'm no tennis expert. Um, I always had Roger at one, um, and I probably still do, purely because even though Nadal, if he gets up, will have won two, uh, he loves his clay. Um, it's probably not helping my argument because he's won two on, on every surface, but Roger just every time, just about, you know. And the fact that he's had to come back, you know, I know Nadal's had his injuries, but Roger didn't win a slam for about five years. 
until he beat Nadal in that epic five setter in Australia back in 2017. So then he won Wimbledon, beat Chilich, and he, he came back, back and, and he won Australia. Last won it last year, year against Chilich again. Poor Chilich is. I tell you, there are some poor tennis blokes who <laughs> just lost final after final. Just timing. That's why I, I always felt bad for Andy Murray. In any other era, if he was playing. He would have won 10 Grand Slams, and he's just happened to run into Nadal on clay, who you can never beat. And then you get Djokovic and Federer on grass and hard court. And Andy Murray, he's made so many finals and been beaten, and in any other era, he, he'd be looking at 10 Grand Slams comfortably. You know what Murray does have, though? He's got two Olympic gold medals. Yeah, that's good. How good? And they were singles, too. I think he won, he won a gold medal before he won a Grand Slam. He won 2012... The, the gold medal there, I think that was was that that wasn't ba- that was London, and then he won the U.S. Open a couple of months later, and then he won the singles again in Brazil in 2016. So he's only got the three Grand Slams, I think, the two Wimbledon, the one U.S. Open, and two gold medals in the singles. That's you know it's. It doesn't make up for not winning those Grand Slams, but it certainly makes it, it look... It's something better. good. It's good to put on your CV. Yeah, <laughs> it's like good to put on the CV. That, yeah. All right, so the way this is going to work uh, today, we'll do a little bit of a talk about some of the key dates here in uh, upcoming in Townsville for our AFL season. Big season ahead. Big, yeah, very big season. We've got, we've got a lot coming up. We've got the, the Masters here this year. We've got our first game for... Uh, competition points when the Gold Coast play uh, St Kilda. So a couple of couple of big key events coming up here in Townsville. Um, and then we'll go through, and what we're going to do is pick our AFLX sides that we'll, we'll go through. Obviously, our AFLX is um, starting up soon, and what we're going to do is pick... We've, we've done a little bit of a coin toss, which you won, so you get first pick at the player, then I'll get second pick, third pick, fourth pick. We'll go back and forth. And we're going to come up with a, a 12-man squad, essentially, that we would like to enter into an AFLX side. And, and this is if every player was available to play at their absolute peak. We know during pre-season you've got players on modified programs and not everyone's going to be available. But, but for this particular scenario, we're just going to go um, under the impression every player is available at their peak. What would your ideal AFLX side look like? And we'll see if we've come up with... Um, couple of different players which might throw our own drafts out but we'll see how that goes so first thing we'll do we'll start with a couple of the the key dates that we've got um here in afl townsville so uh, on the 17th of february we've got our pre-season conference coming up so we uh, have presentations on our junior football senior football women's football oz kick um we usually get a couple of aflq guest presenters to come up and, and, and talk about a few different issues so uh that's always a good way to start the year and hand out information to all the clubs on the 23rd of February, we've got our Defence Welcome and Information Expo, where AFLT slash AFLQ will have a stall set up and hopefully uh, get some information out on all the clubs, the key contacts, training nights, all that sort of information. So hopefully we can generate a bit of buzz at that. Um, and then we, we sort of come into the season. So on the, on the 16th of March, we've got our Senior Blitz out at North Shore. And then on the 17th, the following day on the Sunday, we've got our, our Women's Blitz, which is also out at North Shore. Uh, that's a week before our senior football kicks off in round one. So we've got the 23rd of March is our senior footy in round one. Then the following week we've got our junior blitz, which is pretty exciting because it's the first year we've had a junior blitz competition. So we've got our, um, obviously we've got our nines, 11s, 13s, 15s, under 17s. And for the first time we've got a youth girls competition, which is really exciting. So we'll, we'll get a, a junior blitz sort of round robin carnival starting up for them. 
And then the 6th of April is when the, the juniors will start their round one, which coincides with uh, seniors round three, and the women get their rounds, uh, get their season on, on track. At uh, Wednesday, the 10th of April is their first one. Then we've got, we play through our season. We've obviously got the uh, Gold Coast Suns versus St Kilda game in the middle there in June 15. Um, also, oh, I forgot to mention, actually, we've got the under-16 boys' country championships between the 22nd and 24th of March. That's out at North Shore, so that's pretty exciting that we've managed to secure that one. So a lot of the, a lot of the top under-16 talent uh, from, from North Queensland will be out on show uh, at, at North Shore, which is always exciting. Um, we've got a couple of buys throughout the year for, for school holidays and, and whatnot, but uh, we roll around to our... Our finals on the 24th and 25th of August will be semi-final one and semi-final two. And then the 31st of August, we've got our preliminary finals for our juniors and our seniors. And that's also grand final day for our women. They're the, the feature attraction of that particular day. That's a night game. That's about a 5.30, 6 o'clock. Start. Yeah, about that last year. I think uh, last year we had about six or 700 people hanging around for that game. It was, it was really... Really great atmosphere um, for the grand final last year. And then we've got our junior and senior men's grand finals the following week on the 7th of September. And, and speaking of the grand finals, I obviously in 2018 had one of the closest grand finals we've had in a long time. And, and again, another really loud, boisterous crowd. So hopefully we can continue on that for 2019 and looking, uh, hoping we can get uh, some, some similar quality in our games of footy. So... Obviously, we've got the Masters Carnival. We've got the the Suns St Kilda game coming up. What what are you most looking forward to in twenty nineteen? It would have to be the first ever proper AFL game up here for points. Yeah, very in exciting. The of June. Like I know there've been a lot of people that put a lot of hard work into this, um, and the fact that Townsville gets its own game. You know, we don't have to go up to Cairns anymore. You know, we get a, an actual game of football here. It's something very exciting to look forward to, and and hopefully it's the start of, of something special. Like it's, it's pretty important to acknowledge that Townsville's never going to be an AFL time town all over. But if we can start something really special here and build on it, you know, in 10, 20 years' time, you know, hopefully a NEFL side comes along and then, you know, 30, 40 years maybe down the track, we might have our own Townsville slash North Queensland AFL side one day, which, while it may seem a long, long, long way away, is something very excited exciting to think about well it's, you, you got to start with small steps it's not just a case of we want to put an afl team in all right off you go put the team in so it, it's these little things where if we can build um build the fan base and build our participation base here in townsville that's how the wheels get in motion and i i think having that gold coast versus st kilda game here is a great way to expose afl into a region that like you were saying it, it, it's it is very much cowboy heartland, which makes it difficult for us at times to sort of in, in, engage with the, the community that we've got. But that's how it starts. You know, we'll get some exposure, get the Suns up here. The Suns have been, been pretty good when they come up here. They do their community camps. They get out to the schools. They, they sort of make their presence known. So I think the stronger presence they can have in this area um, and bringing an AFL game here will be phenomenal for that. I think the better chance we've got of, of engaging with our community. Absolutely, and it's about giving young boys and girls something to look up to, something to aim towards, you know. They've got, we've got fantastic clubs around here in Townsville, so they come down to the game, they get excited, they want to go play footy, convince mum and dad to go down, and, and that's how it starts. And it just builds and builds with time and effort, and hopefully one day we'll, there'll be um, something very worthwhile to show for it all. And that, that's the other thing is um, the Gold Coast Suns will have a women's team up and about in the AFLW comp in, in 2020. 
yeah, so in, in 2020, they'll get the women's comp. So it, I think it shows it's, there's not just pathways for for the young boys in the region, but we've also got young girls know that well, the Gold Coast Suns are having a women's team, so there's a pathway for them if they want to pursue AFL at a professional level. And I think it's I think it's a very exciting time um, for Gold Coast. I know obviously they haven't been getting the results that they wanted on the field, uh, but I feel with this new um, AFLW side coming in, getting the licence approved by AFL, it's... It's it, it, it's a pretty exciting time to be a Gold Coast fan, and, and particularly in this region, knowing that they've got an got an improved um, probably fan base, and they've got a, they've got a bigger presence here now, which they, than they would have had in previous years. Absolutely, they're not they're not getting any smaller. The Suns, they are certainly getting bigger, and it's really good as well with the women's side because I believe they're contracted to play a couple of games in Mackay each year as well. So you know that's awesome, guaranteed football here, um, very easy to get to, you know, outside of a four-hour drive or eight-hour drive if you come from Cairns. But it's just making things much easier for pe- things easier for people to get to. They don't have to hop on a plane, cough up for a hotel, you know. They can almost... Well, that's it, yeah. They, they, they're out. getting out to the regions and, and, and giving back um, to those regional communities, which is massive because it's like you are talking about, if you wanted to go see an AFL game previously, you had, you had to fly down to Gold Coast or go down to Brisbane. So it's it's really awesome to see the Suns getting out and supporting those regional com- uh, communities, whether they've had games in Cairns previously, they've got their... their um, they've got a pre-season game. Pre-season that's game in Mackay against Mackay. the Bulldogs. Um and they're getting out into these regions and, and supporting the, the, the regional fans, which, which it really is exciting, and it's good to see the clubs getting out and doing that. Um, so, yeah, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game, but I think 2019 is going to be a very big year in Townsville with, with all, the, all the events that we've got going on. A couple of extra carnivals as well, getting the 16s boys because um, the facilities at Airlie Beach aren't available. But the Masters at the end of the year, I think, will be pretty big. I'm... I'm quite sure we had the carnival back here in 2012, 2013 maybe, um, you know, and that brings up lots of people and it will again this year, so good times for... Um, yeah, very exciting times ahead for, for, for Townsville AFL, so it's, it's a good time to be involved in the footy. Um, Alright, so we've got our key dates, so what we're going to do now, Guesty, uh, we're going to go through and pick our AFLX team, so... I love playing hypotheticals, although I don't think I'm going to do as Oh, well, look, you've got, you've got first picks. You've always got the advantage of going first. So you won the coin toss, you get pick one, I get pick two. You get, so you get all the odds, I get all the evens, essentially. And then at the end, we'll do a quick recap of the 12 players um, in our squad. So we, we've gone for an extended bench, just in case. Because we're not sure if it's seven or eight <laughs> players. So, <laughs> so, we've gone, we've got, yeah, so we've gone 12-man squad. So yeah. we've gone outside. We've made our own rules. We've gone outside that. We've gone yeah. a 12-man squad. Two players, no more than two players. Um, from each club. Yep, yep, so correct. So, three blokes from Adelaide or otherwise, I would have loaded up on 12 Sydney Swans players. 11 Sydney Swan players and one from St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, exactly right, <laughs> actually. He's, uh, he, he might have managed to squeeze his way into my squad if he's, if he's still there when the picks come round. So, all right, you won the coin toss. Um, you get first pick. Who's the number one draft pick in the 2019 Amateur Footy Hour AFLX draft? Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin. Yeah, oh, I had him. I'm I had him later. You did? I had him. I had him at six. At six. Yeah. Why at six? Because I've, I've got I've got a system in place. You've got a system. So why why have you gone Dusty with pick one? He's versatile and that he can he's going to start in the middle for me and he's going to kick lots of goals. He's just going to work up and down. He's got great speed. He's a very hard player to tackle. 
So, you know, the field's 100 metres long. You can kick super goals from 40 metres. I'm sure Dust can be putting in six, seven goals a game in a 20 minute, 20 minute game, 10 minute halves. All right, good pick. This is probably going to come as a bit of a shock to you. Pick number one, I'm picking Buddy Franklin, and I'll explain why. So, if I get all the picks I'd like, well, well I'm not going to now because I had Dusty Martin in my team. I've gone with a couple of keys, but they're mostly smaller players. My reasoning behind picking Buddy was I went for probably the most marketable guy in the game. Talk about super goals, he can kick a ball from 60, 65 metres. So he's got that down pat. Um, he's also, for a guy his size, he's quite athletic. So I think having an open open field with smaller numbers on the field, uh, that'll benefit him. We've seen him run down the wing, run 100 metres, bouncing the ball. Did it a couple of times against Adelaide and Essendon. Essendon. So, Buddy Franklin, number one pick for Team Forster. Team Forster. Team guest with their second pick. Interesting to see how you react to this one. I'm going to take Brody Grundy. Brody Grundy, you needed a ruckman. Yeah, okay. And not just because he can ruck, but he's probably the best ruckman in terms of covering the ground and running. And he gets 30 disposals a game or 25 disposals a game. So, he can handle the football. Doesn't have to be kicking too many goals. But if he's putting it down, um, tapping it into Martin's pathway. I think that's a good way to start. It's a good start. I was looking at Nick Nath, but unfortunately he's coming back from another ACL injury. But I saw the other day actually an article, Adam Simpson said they expect him back around mid-season, which is, you know, good result. For Premier. Yeah, Premier is able to bring in someone of Nick Nath and ilk. It's always going to strengthen the team. Very good pick. I've gone number two, my pick, Jeremy McGovern. So I've gone my key at one end, key down the other end. Yeah. Intercept mark. Um, Great hands, reads the play really well. So I think I think he's a handy addition to the back line. He'll, he'll chop at everything. Pretty good use of the football as well. Um, not a lot of key defenders are the best kicks. Um, a lot of them foot <laughs> But he, he's generally not too bad. So a lot of the key things I've looked for here are people that are clean hands, good users of the football. And I've gone uh, Jeremy McGovern with pick number two. Good. I will uh, I'll pretty much give you his opponent, I would think, um, with my third pick. I'm going to take Jack Rewell. Ah. What number did you have him at? I had, I had him at 12. He was one of my he was one of my, picks. one of my bench players. Yeah, look, I haven't been putting a great deal of thought into this. My mind's still in cricket mode a bit, but um, I love Rewell, particularly in the second half of last year. He just worked, He's like his cousin. He worked up to the wing a lot more. He's just shown that running capacity. You know, he can run and run and run, and you know, he knows how to kick goals. He kicks goals for fun, for fun. So I've got that key forward there that'll... Reigning Coleman medalist? Yes, you know, so he'll kick goals for me. And that's what forwards are supposed to do. So there I've got Rebolt, so far away. So with my third pick, sixth pick overall in the draft, I've gone with Jack Martin from the Gold Coast Suns. Ooh. So very quick player. Yep. Great user of the football, great kick, can kick it a long way. One of those plays that can turn, rather than just kicking the ball 50 metres, he'll run, carry, take a bounce, and he can turn a 50-metre play into a 70, 80-metre play. And I think if you've only got the seven per side on the field, he can get your ball in the back pocket. He could almost run, carry, and bounce, and kick a super goal. So I've, um, I've gone Jack Martin at a little bit of, little bit of pace. A bit of X factor. Yeah, so I thought... I saw, I saw him kick four goals in a quarter once, the first quarter of the game. When he's on, he is he's elite. He is as good as anyone when he's on. And if he can get that consistency into his game, he's the sort of player that can really turn a club like Gold Coast around. So it will be interesting to see how he goes this year. You know, They've had a year under Drew 
and you know they've lost Lynch, they've lost May, but I think Stewie Jew's got what he wants a bit more now. So if someone like Martin can have a career best season, not only are fans going to be excited with what they see, he's going to produce something pretty special. You think? Oh, it definitely helped the Gold Coast Suns. The Jack Martin at full flight definitely make they're a much better side. So now I think I'm up to pick four, and. Uh, Bit of a thing, looking at all the mids that I've had down. No doubt I've probably missed a couple, but I'm going to take Josh Kelly at four. So I'm pretty yep. happy with that. Handy he's pick. a good Very handy user. pick. Um, you know, on a, you're on a soccer field, so you've still got to be able to hit kicks. You know, he's got that dash. Probably start down back um, and just a bit of dash, a bit of a lead disposal. And set me up from there, down there. Very good. Oh, drop my pen. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Don't Make, worry, you won't lose your pick. Making a fool of myself. Pick number four, I've gone Nat Fife. Yeah. Very handy pick, can play midfield, can also big, strong mark, so can move forward and play forward. I think the open space would help him. He's got a good kick, good, uh, yes, strong hands, good user of the football, can find the football, contested, can use the football on the outside. So I needed a couple of midfielders to sort of get in there and get the ball moving forward to Buddy, and uh, Nat Fife fits the bill perfectly. So I think I'm at what? Pick five now. I'm going to go with the excitement machine. Hawthorne's big recruit now that they've lost Tom Mitchell. They take Chad Wingard. Yes. And I see you cross him. You keep stealing. You keep stealing my players, but I've got a squad of 35, 35. I can pick from. I must so be doing right. something right when I'm picking blokes like him. If you're scribbling them off, you know Wingard. He's he's good. He's so dangerous. You know he can. He's a high flying forward that can play at ground level and can go into the midfield. So, you know, he covers almost all boxes. And it will be interesting to see what sort of year he has at Hawthorne. I know you think he's going to play predominantly forward. I think as Mitchell's gone down, he might move into the midfield a bit more. So it will be interesting to see what he can produce this year. All right, so I've gone... Uh, I think that's a good pick here. Yeah, I had him I had him in my side, so I've got to rethink that one. Uh, pick number five, I'm going with Sean Higgins. So I think... Um, X Factor again. X Factor, but also probably one of the smartest forwards in the AFL. Knows, we talk about hard running and, and, and smart running. He knows, when, he knows where to put leads on. He knows where to run to. He knows where to find the football. And I think in a, in a fast, uh, free-flowing game like AFLX, I think he would be perfectly suited for it. So um, I've gone Sean Higgins pretty high up in my, in my draft, but I wanted to secure him because I think if you put him down in the forward line... I think he's going to snag you a few goals. I think he's one of those players that's perfectly built for AFLX. He had a great year for North, All-Australian honours. You know, really yeah. filling on that potential that he's had, that potential tag he's had for so long. Yeah, he had a phenomenal start. Obviously, he had slowed down a bit. He had a bit of an, an injury issue. I'm not sure exactly when, probably midway through the year, it sort of slowed him down a little bit. But when he came back and got up and running again, he, uh, he definitely makes North Melbourne a better side. And there, there were a couple of games they won last year that... Um, he, he was the difference. We had a couple of 30 possession, couple of goal games, and, and he was the difference between North Melbourne getting a win and probably falling out a little bit short. So if he can, um, given their recruiting, if he can get up and about again this year, he could be the difference between North Melbourne making finals and missing finals. So Sean Higgins, pick number five. He, did he kick the match winner, or did he set Brown, Ben Brown up in one game for the match winner? Or there might have been the sealer. It would, was it against Hawthorne? I can't remember. It might have been against the Bulldogs late at Etihad. Against his former club. Against his former club. Where he would have won a premiership if he stayed. Yeah, true. But that was the same thing the following when um, Ryan Griffin left uh, and the Bulldogs won. And then the Deledio left and Richmond won. Mm. 
following you both went to GWS, following you, their teams won. So that's why when Lockie Keith went to GWS, I was thinking, you know what, this could be Collingwood's year. And they all they got there and they just they just fell a little bit short. So yeah. it would have been if you if you if you've got a player that leaves for GWS, your club's in a good spot. That's one thing I didn't like about being in Perth. I saw far too much West Coast stuff. <laughs> oh just yeah. Casually. That would have hurt. Just casually. It's just like <sighs> Anyway, I think pick six, pick six. I'm gonna switch to defence now, I'm gonna pick a runner. Um pretty sure he's a left footer. I'm gonna take Zach Tui. Ah, oh, he was my next pick. Oh, oh, damn it! I must be doing something right. So, oh. I remember watching him here in the preseason game here in Great. Townsville last year, and he this. would just take the ball and run, and he kicks it a long way, and that's exactly what you need coming out of the defensive half in AFLX. Some bloke that's going to take the game on, he's going to run, and you know what? He's a defender because he plays a defence, so he can defend. You so, don't need to sell me on Zach Tui. I had him; he was in my starting I'm side. Uh, to our wonderful loyal listeners out there. So I've taken Tui at six. All right. He is a left footer, isn't he? Yeah. Got a light left footers because they, they tend to be more accurate kicks as well. Well, that might change. I've a spanner. So I've got I've wanted to go with two. I wanted to go with genuine defenders to sort of fix it up. So I might have to. You do have McGovern down there, so your key backs. I've got, I've got my key backs. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna have to spend a bit of time thinking about this, so I'll go to my I'll go to my next pick. It's up to six, so halfway point six. of the draft. So I've got to find another one. Out. All right, well I'll go for my second Sydney Swans player. Yeah. I was tossing up between a couple of different players here. I'm going with Isaac Heaney. Okay, good. Going good. Okay, good. good. Yeah, that means I can take whoever, whichever Sydney player I've got on my list. Yeah, because I've I've already okay. used Buddy and Heaney. He's perfect for this game. He's that hybrid. Yeah. He's a hybrid footballer. With the real thing, but for this. Agile, good hands, good kick. Um, you can take Mark. Can find the guy. Took Mark of the Year. Mark of the Year on Jesse Hogan. Yeah, he did too. So he can, he can take a mark. Why? Puts bums in seats. Exciting exciting player. Um, can play him forward. Can play him in the middle. Can play him down back when if the game's getting close. And he can not only slot the game, but he can take Mark of the Year at the same time. AFLX Mark of the Year. AFLX Mark of the Year was and going for back to back. So, pick six, second and final Sydney Swan, Isaac Heaney. Lock him in. So, pick seven. I think I'll go back to the forwards and get my second running key forward. I don't want to be too top-heavy, but I'm going to take Charlie Kerno from Carlton. So, you've got you got on the key forwards? I've gone the key forwards, yep, but the good. running key forwards. Yep. He I like it. He is I like an it. excitement machine. You know, he can kick 50, 55. He can run up and down the wing. He's quick. He's evasive. Is he on your list? No, he's not. No, he's not. Okay, well... So, he's all yours. It's all mine. At pick 13 in the draft, Charlie Kerno. Charlie Gordian, I think, will be quite happy that a Carlton player gets a go. All right, well, I found my replacement for Zach Tui. So, I've got, I've, got, I've got McGovern, but I've got my... I want to have a couple of small defenders around there. Lockie Whitfield, playing off the half-back line, where GWS played him last year. Um, probably if not the best user of the football in the league, he's up there. Um, can rack up 30 possessions a game in a regular game of AFL. Always hits targets. Uh, very fit, so he can run out a whole game. I think with AFLX, he's, he'd be suited for it. Pretty quick off the mark. Reads the play well. Good user of the football. So Lockie Whitfield's my replacement for the, for the stolen 
Zakatui. So, pick seven, Lockie Whitfield. That's a good pick. And he's transformed his game from a classy midfielder down to filling a need for the Giants off half-back. He'd probably be a good pick-up in fantasy as well, but we can talk about that after we've done this. Pick eight. Going to take a goal-kicking midfielder because I think in this game your midfielders need to be able to kick goals. And I'm going to get the first Collingwood player in Dane Beans. Dane Beans, very good pick-up. Very good pick-up. Yeah. No, he gets possessions and kicks goals for fun. Um, you know, playing in that midfield with Dusty there. He can play forward, you know. He's had a good career, won a premiership, numerous best and fairest. Um, went to Brisbane and now he's back where he wants to be, so he's happy. And um, hopefully he's going to have quite a good year. But he'll, he will be in that AFLX side. Was he on your list? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. I've got he's a couple of couple of Collingwood guys, and one of them is going to squeeze in the team if he's still there available at the end. He's still there at the end. I will have to wait and see. Alright, so my next pick, pick number eight for me, and I'm going with Marcus Bontempelli, but I'm playing him as my hybrid ruckman. So I'm putting him in the middle, essentially playing an extra midfielder around the ball, Um, can drift forward, take a good mark, has a good leap on him. So obviously he's not going to ring, win a lot of ruck taps against Brody Grundy, but he's probably one of the few hybrid ruckmen slash midfielders that could outrun him around the ground. Um, he could he go, he go all right against Curtin with the ruck. Yeah, so I'm picking him as my hybrid ruckman, but can also can also throw him forward if I need to. He can I can throw him back in AFLX. I can throw him wherever I want. Actually, it's my team. I can do what I want with him. But yeah, yeah Marcus Bontempelli is the hybrid ruckman type. Uh, pick number eight for AFLX Team Forster. Well, he was actually on my little list that I had. You've got you've got a couple of good contested ball winners there as well. You know, his grand final performance a couple of years ago where he, I think he went at 100% disposal efficiency from 21 kicks. Not to that's not bad. really bring it up. That is, not, that is not 100% efficiency is pretty solid. That's why, he's, uh, that's why he's, he's hybrid ruckman for Team Forster. Another left footer who, surprisingly, uses the ball well. Seems to be a common Good ball common users theme. need them in your AFLX team. Absolutely. You can't go butchering the ball like um, so many people tend to do. So I've only got four picks left each. I'm going to hold off on my Sydney pick for another pick. I'm going I'm to get a left footer in. Um, Frio fans might not be happy. I'm going to get Andrew Gaff. Andrew Gaff. Andrew Gaff. Pretty much all his kicking. Again, this left footer theme that we seem to be harping on, or I seem to be harping on about today. But he can play on the wings, that means he can run. He's accurate. He'll start on the bench, but you've got plenty of run. And uh, yeah, hopefully he slots in somewhere. I've got to rethink my fantasy team this year, because Andrew Gaff's usually the first player I pick. Not Tom Mitchell. No. Usually Andrew Gaff's the first player I pick, but he's got a few weeks suspension still hanging over his head, so I'll have to rethink that. Well, we should do first pick for fantasy. Have you looked at it? This year yet? I haven't looked at the prices or anything okay. like that, but I know I know who will be in my team, who who my top line players will be, and then I'll sort of fill in with draftees around them. But Dan I know. Hanabry. Yeah, I've got Dan the man. He'll be underpriced. underpriced. He'll be underpriced. Those mid mid priced risks. Yeah, they, they always pay off. Never, always. N- never. They, they, yeah, never. They, they never goes wrong. So pick number nine for me, and uh, team captain. So I'm glad he's still available. Left footer, Luke Hodge. So I've got him down back in my AFLX side. Largely because 
probably one of the, along with maybe Jared McVeigh, obviously on bias, love the Swans, one of the best on-field leaders in the AFL. Left footer, so big tick there. Uses the ball pretty well um, and just leads a team really well on a paddock. He's one of those players where you see him throw his head over the football, he'll dive at it, he leads by example, he won't ask you to do anything that he won't do himself. Obviously very experienced. Um, what he's done down at, what he's done up, at, well, down from us, but up for everybody else at Brisbane, he's um, taken that team and, and really given them a sense of uh, what it takes to develop a winning culture, obviously coming from Hawthorne and knowing how to win flags all the time. So I've got Luke Hodge to solidify my back line uh, with pick number nine, and he is a team captain as well. Do you need a winning culture in AFLX, or do you just need to go out and... Play to win or don't play at all. Play to win or don't play at all. So we've got three picks left each into the double digits now. I've got pick 10, and I think my defence needs a little bit of shoring up. I'm going to keep that Sydney player there for later. Yeah, um, shouldn't use them all. I'm going to go for a marking option. Um, intercept mark. You're going to take my second Collingwood player, Jeremy off the list, it means I'm onto something. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Howe, like, he takes marks for fun playing as, well, I think he plays as a second defender at Collingham. He just drifts across and does whatever he wants. His kicking's fantastic. How many times has he won mark of the year? You know, he can still go forward and kick a goal every now and then. But um, in this open game where you can't really afford to have a lot of lockdown defenders, you need someone that gives you something both defensively and offensively. Um, Jeremy Howe. Fits, fits the mould at, at pick number 10 for me. Very good pick. Means I can't get into Very good pick. Goey anymore. Which is disappointing, but... Oh, that means I can save... I can save Taylor Adams for the end because you've already used your... My two colleagues. Yeah. Actually, so I've got pick number 10. I'm going with Isaac Smith. Yeah. Very similar reasons to Jack Martin. Um... Gets the ball, run and carry, can turn a 50-metre play into an 80-metre play. Uh, likes to take the game on and likes to run, which I think is, is, is good in open spaces. Can roost a football, so would have no trouble kicking super goals. Uh, he's athletic, he's fit, fits all, ticks all the boxes, and you know what? He's a left footer. We should count up how many left footers. I think my, whole, my whole side is virtually left footed, except for I think any of them. Josh Kelly's left footer, I'm pretty sure. I've got five, he's a right footer. McGovern's Bonds and Pelly and Higgins can use their left or their right, they do whatever they want. Yeah, so can Dusty as well. So Yeah, I'm really trying to figure out how to how to approach these last two picks. Um, I suppose there's only one player that you're gonna take if I if I take this player now, it gives me a little bit more time to, to think it out. I'm gonna activate my Sydney pick with pick 11, and I'm going to take Aaliyah Aaliyah. Okay. He's going okay. to be my main key back. He can mark. What I love about him when he takes the ball in an AFL X sense is he plays on straight away. Yeah. So he just goes. Just goes, turn he and go. He just goes. Um, he goes a right one-on-one. I'm a little bit worried about how I would match up on Buddy, but um, I think you just have to let Aaliyah run and, and do his best and if he can get back he's just going to take that ball and go so it's going to be dynamic it's going to be quick and I think he's going to be up for it I like it I like it well you've gone your Swans pick so I'll return the favour I'll go for my Collingwood pick I've gone Taylor Adams um, not a left footer so 
thinking outside the box here, but can run through the midfield. I haven't got a lot of a lot of my the players I picked, so the Jack Martins, Isaac Smith, that type. I haven't got a lot of in haven't got a lot of midfielders. So I thought I'd solidify and just really re- reinforce that point. So I've got I've got Nat Fife, obviously. I can put um Isaac Heaney can go through the middle, Higgins can go through the middle, Bontepelli through the middle, but uh, I've gone Taylor Adams because he generally does play through the middle. You can throw him back at times, but he's a midfielder, can win his own football. Uh, not necessarily a long kick, but he'll he'll hit up Buddy Franklin, and uh, as long as Buddy's within 85, he'll slot that goal. So I've got him um, getting in there, using the ball, probably one of the only players I'm not expecting to run and, and kick goals, super goals from outside 40 or 50 or whatever it is. So got him in there to win the football, deliver it to our forwards, smart footballer, and can lay a good tackle as well, and I think that's important. He's a maniac when it comes to tackling. He loves the contested footy. He's a tenacious beast, Adams, and I just love the way he, he attacks the game and, and takes it on. So, you know, good pickup. Thank good pickup. Thank you very much. So, final pick each. Picks 23 and 24 in the draft. And we're really having a hard time about this final pick to how really strong. Yeah, so trying to, trying to figure out how to structure... Uh, the side base on this last pick. I think a 14-man squad would have been better, but that doesn't matter. So no, Don't question the squad don't size. Don't question it. Well, it's 14 in real life, so maybe they're onto something. So <laughs> I think I think I'll go with the uh, continued theme of left-footers um, and, and take away uh, a ball-winning impact a bit. And I'll go with Angus Brayshaw for pick 12. I had, a, I had a couple of different demons, but all right. Yeah, because... Again, another winger. So I'm really back in an uncontested style, running and long kicking sort of game plan. You know, he had a fantastic second half of the year where he came third in the Brownlow. So I've taken him over Stephen Cornelio, um, who probably would have been a bit better for more contested footy, but that's it. I'll take Brayshaw, thank you. Not a bad pick. So I've got pick number 12, um, or my pick number 12, and... Following on from uh, Taylor Adams, I need to add a bit of midfield depth to my squad. I had a couple of uh, people I was considering for this position, uh, Patrick Dangerfield, Bryce Gibbs, Robbie, Robbie Gray, I was almost going with, Michael Walters, had a bit, of, had a bit up forward possibly, had Nick Nui there, but I thought, no, I'll go Bontempelli as a, as a more mobile ruckman, Patrick Cripps, Christian Petrarca, but I've settled, I've gone with my heart, um, probably over my head. Going with Dan Hanabry with my final pick. Um, he'll he'll always be a Sydney Swan. He's a premiership player. He's a left footer. I needed a few more of them in my side. Add some midfield depth. Tough as nails. Never going to back down from a contest. Uh, probably probably one thing he, he does differently than the rest of my side. He clean hands, good handball as well. So he's not just doesn't just throw it on the boot. He likes to get the handball out to the outside runners. And if I've got my Jack Martins and my Isaac Smiths on the outside, someone feeding them the ball is probably going to be pretty beneficial. So um, pick number 12, final pick, Dan Hanabry. Uh, add some midfield depth and some class through my AFLX side. So And experience. But yes, as well, experience as well. You know what? I'm going to name him as the vice captain as well. As the vice captain. I'm naming oh, who, Who's your captain, by the way? I've got no, Luke Hodge. I haven't even looked at naming a captain. Um, well, whose captain's sides are Beams has done it a fair bit, and it probably would be Jack Rewalt. Jack Rewalt. Yeah. Jack Rewalt. Yeah. yeah. Nice. He's the vice captain at Richmond. You know. All right. He's so. Switched on. He knows what he's doing. Yep. Colin Medalist as well. Anyone that kicks goals, like Buddy
Yeah, he shouldn't have been known. Good players play the game, great players kick the goals. That's just the general rule. I've heard someone say that one time. Oh, is it? Oh, Might have been me. I don't know. I'm gonna to have to start <laughs> saying that. So, good play. Good play. Oh well, you're the, you're the, you were the runner-up leading goal kicker in the Townsville competition, were you not? Yeah, I was. Yeah, not a bad little season for young Riley Guest. So, Guesty, quick run through one to twelve. What was your AFLX team? So I'll go in order of picks. So number one, Dustin Martin, Brody Grundy, Jack Roywalt, Josh Kelly, Chad Wingard, Zach Tui. Charlie Kerno, Dane Beams, Andrew Gaff, Jeremy Hower, Alira Lear, and Angus Brayshaw. Not a bad side. It'd be a very handy AFLX side. And in contrast, playing against Team AFLX Forster, I'll go in. I'll go in. That's got a whole bunch of names. Team Extreme. Throwback to the the Hardy Boys, WWE days. So I've gone again. I'll go pick order. Obviously, uh, Buddy Franklin. Going with pick number one. Then I've gone Jeremy McGovern. Jack Martin at pick three, Nat Fife, Sean Higgins, pick number five, Sean Higgins, Isaac Heaney, Lockie Whitfield, uh, pick eight was Marcus Bontempelli, pick nine and captain, Luke Hodge, uh, Isaac Smith, Taylor Adams, and the final pick at number 12 and vice captain, Dan Hanabry. So they're our two AFLX sides. Pretty good. I think we've done quite well there. I think pretty handy. I think they got there and compete with the best of them. All right, Guesty, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw to you to, to sign off and thank our loyal fans for listening. We'll let you close this one out. Thanks, everyone, for the listen. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, make sure you like and share this podcast. Hopefully we'll have a Facebook page coming soon. In the meantime, relax, and until next time, thank you very much. See Thanks, you guys.